Incredible, incredible. Isn't it good to be together today? Yeah, praise the Lord. Good to be with you, especially after the last few years and all that we have faced. Good to be with you. I want you to think about what influence presence plays in your life, whether it's in settings like this or, or, or at home where, where you're at, even watching online. What influence does presence play in your life? To take that a step further, you know, I have a short list of people in my life uh, where just being around them brings me some peace, some tranquility, some comfort. Maybe you, too? I don't think I'm the only one. Who, who's on your short list of people that you just, you just want to be around them all the time, and when you're around them, you're in a, a, a place of, of, of peace? Think about my wife. <clears throat> I had to say that. That's why I said it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, honey. No, really, I like being around her. I love it. And after going on 20 years this summer, yeah, yeah, I still want to be around her. And my kids, all four of them, okay, yeah, yeah. The three when they're not being teenagers, even though they're teenagers, and, and the one when he, the baby, is not crying. Okay, but I want to be around them, right? It brings comfort into my life, and and I, I'll admit, I'll just flat out admit, I'm not really the, the kind of guy who likes to be alone. Okay, so that's part of it too. But I don't think we're different in that. Think about it. What influence? What power does presence have in your life? Imagine being in a setting like this, all alone. There's a place for that, and yet we know the power. Of presence. I want to take you to Luke 24, starting at verse 36. Luke 24, if you're following along, I'd appreciate if you opened or, or scrolled over to Luke 24, starting at verse 36. This is the day that Jesus is resurrected, why we're gathered and why we are worshiping uh, this morning. Luke 24, starting at verse 36. Reading in Jesus' name, the words will also be before you on the screen. It begins this way, as they were talking about these things, as they were talking about these things, what things? The, the, the day's events, the, the resurrection, that, that, that the disciples raced to the tomb and it was empty. And by the way, it's still empty. Yeah, that, that Jesus appeared to Mary in the garden, that, that later on Jesus walked seven miles with two disciples to a little town called Emmaus, the town we're named after, right? Because it was in this town where they sat with Jesus and ate and their eyes were opened and they realized they were with the risen Christ. This day... This is what they're talking about. And we're still talking about it today. Is that not proof that what happened on that day is real? We're still talking about it. And we're not the only ones. My, my daughter's a gymnastics coach. She uh, yesterday was teaching some girls, or captaining the girls, captaining the girls, 
And, and, and they went through some exercises. If you're not awake today, this would wake you up. But I think you guys are awake. But I have it before you on the screen. This is what they did for their workout yesterday. We're still talking about it today. This was their workout at gymnastics yesterday. I didn't tell her to do this, nor did I tell her I was going to share this with you. But she's here now, so she knows I'm saying it. This was their workout. Number one, Mary walks to the tomb. It says, do a lunge walk down and back. A lunge walk is where you like do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, except you go down. Yeah. Uh, put it back up there, though. Don't, don't show me. That's terrible. <laughs> Secondly, roll the stone away. Big, big box flips. So they have this heavy thing that they lift. Sometimes people do that with tires. You know what I'm talking about. That workout where you push, you lift and push, that sort of thing. Number three, peer into the tomb. 20 pike sliders. I had no idea what that was. Absolutely no idea what it was. So I asked her what it was. I'm not going to show you what that is. Anyway, number four. Angels surprised us. We can do that. 20 jumping jacks. Come on. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, five. Surprised by an angel. 20 pit jumps. Instead of pit jumps, because I don't know what that is and I don't even want to know what that is, just act surprised for a second. There it is. Oh, you guys are good. You look good, too. Anyway, six, run to tell the others. One killer. That's a down and back. You touch the line and you come back. I had to do that in basketball quite a bit. Number seven, see Jesus. My daughter's a light, by the way, to this community, if I may say so. See Jesus, 20 partner hamstring curls. And then she, she's got her theology mostly right here. Forty days later... Jesus ascends into heaven one rope climb. They got a rope that goes to the ceiling and you got to climb up it and down. And it is cr a crazy ab workout. Yeah. I thought that was pretty clever, don't you? Yeah. You can write that off as a pastor's kid, but no, that girl, she knows what she's doing. Anyway, we're still talking about it today. Someone say Amen. As they were talking about these things, the events of the resurrection, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. I hope that these events are not just something of the past, but church, that they are as real to you today as they were to the disciples. Because Jesus is present with us today. Because of the resurrection. They can be as real to you today. As they were in this day. Verse 36. As they were talking about these things. It says Jesus himself stood among them. And said to them peace to you. But they were startled and, and frightened. And they, they thought they saw a spirit. They thought they saw a ghost. And he said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your heart? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy, we'll unpack what that means, and, and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything to eat? Now, now why would Luke record this? They gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he took it and he ate it before them to, to show that he really was a man, that he was human. 
that he was not a spirit. And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. And then he said to them, These are my words that I have spoken to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. He's talking about the Tanakh. That all of the Old Testament, isn't that interesting? We have very specific detail of what we know the Old Testament to be, even by the words of Jesus here. Verse 45, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. We all need that, don't we? That's why we're here. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance, here's a message for us, and forgiveness of sins, which is really what true peace comes from should be proclaimed in His name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of My Father upon you. Again, His presence with us. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And because of this, because the Spirit did descend upon them, before before they went out, we are, we are evidence that this is true today. Incredible. Just like Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The, the fact that we are, we are here today still talking about these things is evidence of that. So much to talk about in the text, but let's start here. Did you notice what Jesus said when He appeared in the room? In Hebrew, it's Shalom Alechem. You can say it with me. Try it. It's fun. Not bad. Not bad at all. Kevin got it, but you were in the first service, so you're cheating. (laughs) Shalom Alechem. It's a very common Jewish greeting even to this day. You you might say it before Shabbat, before they they might um, celebrate uh, the day of worship or rest. It's a religious greeting, but I tell you what, it's so much more than that. But, but I think, and, 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 and I believe I'm right in this, I think what Jesus is doing is kind of two things. Yes, there is, a, there, there is certainly a, a blessing in it and a message in it, and we're going to talk about that. But I also kind of think that what Jesus is saying here is, I come just like I always have. It's just me. I greet you just like I always greet you. It's really me. But as a blessing, what does it mean? Well, because Jesus is alive and has conquered death and the grave, it means, number one, that peace comes in His presence. Now, that might be an obvious thing to say, but let's, let's look at what in means here. Of course, this would have been baffling or perplexing. Kids, if you don't understand those kind of words, it just means, I don't know what's going on here, but... It's amazing, that sort of thing. Perplexing. Even though Jesus told them he was going to do this. Remember at the Last Supper, he actually tells them what's going to happen. Even before that, he was telling them what was happening. Even as far as their time in the Galilee, before they came to Jerusalem for Passover, he was telling them, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to the Father. In fact, John records in chapter 1633, I have said these things to you, all the things that he's talking about coming in the resurrection, 
that in me, do you see this part? In me, you may have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation. But take heart. I've overcome the world. I've had the victory. The resurrection means Jesus is the victor. And although the final victory, so to speak, in this world is still to come, He is the victor. The, the other day, I, I, I uh, DVR'd a, a basketball game. Okay, not going to tell you what basketball team it was, but they're a professional team in this city. And um, they're... They haven't won a lot of games, we'll just say that, but this year they're having a decent year, and, and this team, um, a team I love, uh, they, they won the game. Now, I DVR the game, and I don't usually watch, or I don't usually check the score, because what? I, I want to what? I, I just don't want to know, right? And, and so it's still exciting, but you know what? I was too antsy, probably because I figured they'd lose, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I checked the score on the way home from from work, and and they won. But guess what? I still went home and watched it. (laughs) Maybe you're like me, you watch it anyway. But I tell you what, when they lost the nine-point lead, I didn't worry. I I fast-forward through halftime, that was great. When they kept turning the ball over in the third quarter, I didn't care. Why? Because I knew the outcome. I knew that they were victorious. Look up here. Look up here. Come on. We know the outcome. Because of the resurrection, there is is victory. This is what Jesus is telling His disciples, and yet, look at their response. It's fear. It's intrepidation. I wonder if their response is not like most of us when we experience things that we don't expect or don't understand or are just too unbelievable to believe. I mean, we doubt what we cannot explain or understand. That's, that's our nature. We fear the unknown. We lack confidence in God's promises despite His assurance that He will never leave us or forsake us. I mean, we just read it. In me, you may have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation. You know what we do? We do the opposite. We really do. And I'm not saying we never trust Jesus. If you're believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, I'm not suggesting there is no trust or faith in your heart. What I'm saying is often we live as though it's the opposite. Why? Because we run to things all the time that are temporary, that are of this world. The very thing that produces tribulation. What is tribulation? Trouble, burden, right? We go to things all the time that are a burden to us. In fact, the more we go to things rather than the creator of things, the more we will be burdened. You've heard it said before, more money, more problems, right? Now, I wouldn't know. (laughs) Kidding. But it is true. The more we go to things for security, the more burden it is. I mean, you can have a lot, but that doesn't mean you're at 
peace in your heart. See, what Jesus is telling His disciples is it's God's presence within us that brings peace into our world and into our circumstances. Look at Jesus' response to His disciples' surprise and their, their fear. He asks the question, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your heart? Now, we might want to be careful at what tone we think this is, but I have a feeling we know what tone it is because Jesus is in the room in the middle of their trial and trouble. I don't think what he is saying is, why on earth are you troubled? You guys annoy me so much. I don't think that's it. I think there's mercy and grace here. Why are you troubled? Hear that today. Why? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? You see where doubt comes from. There's quite a revelation here. Doubt doesn't come because we have questions or because questions don't go answered. Doubt doesn't come because we don't have all of the evidence and all of the science lined up, however good that is, because we do. Doubt comes from the spirit, from the heart. It's a spiritual issue, doubt. And Jesus does the only thing that will make any difference in their lives as they are facing the unknown, the struggles of the weekend, the fear of what is even before them, and the uncertainty of how to comprehend it. He simply points them back to himself. It's me. See me. Touch my hands and my side. I like to ask the question, why, why did he do this? Uh, what I mean by that is, what, what did they do so right for Jesus to show up in the middle of the room, in the middle of their hiding out, essentially running away? I mean, many had scattered. In fact, Peter had denied him more than once and cursed his name. What did they do to deserve Jesus standing before them and showing them mercy? And we know the answer to that. The answer is they did nothing to deserve this. They didn't earn it. And what a picture of the gospel that Jesus is showing us. That this is how Jesus answers our lacking and our doubt and our struggles and our unrest and our sin and our failure and our error and our wrong. Every single day, praise be to God that He meets us in the middle of it all. I wonder what it would be like to live as if Jesus was always present in the room. Always. Like He is. I wonder if you've ever thought about that. Because God's transcendent presence is everywhere. But beyond that, for the believer in Christ, His presence is within us through His Spirit. 
Here are three suggestions. There could be many. But here's the first that comes to mind for me. A, we, we would live in confidence that, that Jesus meets us in our struggle, in our doubt, in our fears. In fact, because He lives, we do not need to default to fear because we're not alone. Now, I want you to think about how important that is to believe in your heart. You have the freedom in Christ not to fear. doesn't mean you won't. doesn't mean you won't struggle. In the world, there will be tribulation. Jesus was honest. He said there will continue to be this tribulation until the last days when all things will be restored. But first... There needs to be forgiveness. First, there needs to be restoration. First, blood needs to be shed so that there can be forgiveness of sin, so that there can be peace within. Because if there's not peace within, there cannot be freedom on the outside. Think about the importance of living this way. You have the freedom not to live in fear. And yet we do. What would it look like to live as if Jesus was always present in the room? Here's another thought. Live in confidence that we can share anything with Jesus. Now, one of the silliest things we as believers do from time to time is think that we can hide things from God. (laughs) What are we thinking? If He is everywhere... If He knows our hearts, we're not fooling Him. And yet, we hide. Just like the disciples are hiding in the room. Now, they are fearing what is to happen, and yet, I wonder how often we get it all backwards. Or theology, that is. That somehow we can hide things from God. No. No, we can live in confidence that we can share anything with Jesus. What a picture of His love and mercy like a friend who we can share anyone with and be ourselves around. I like that. Talk about a short list. I have a short list of friends and family that I am myself around and yet insecurities come when I'm around certain people. Why? Because because There might be something I don't want people to know. We're all like that. There might be some things in our lives that I just would rather people don't know. May that not be Jesus. You can't keep anything from Him. You shouldn't keep anything from Him. You can share anything with Him. May that be a comfort for us to know and a confidence in our lives that He is with us always. Here's the third thing. Live in confidence that we can take Him at His word. This is the last thing. Don't worry, we'll be done soon. (laughs) But I want to read again for you where Jesus takes the disciples after he appears before them. Because in verse 40, 44, excuse me, 44, it tells us this. So actually, I'll start in verse 41. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, 
It's an odd thing to say. Well, they disbelieved for joy and were marveling. He said to them, have you anything to eat? And he ate. And then in verse 44, it says, then he said to them, these are my words. He takes them to the word that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written. He takes them back to the word that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all. His word, the very word that we proclaim each and every Sunday here, his very word that still rings true today, that is that the peace comes through a confidence in his very promises. To disbelieve for joy, church, a marvel is to live with the excitement that what is too good to be true is true and that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that He was raised from the dead, we're saved. You hear that? If we believe in our hearts, what specifically? What? That He was raised from the dead. That is what distinguishes our faith and belief from anything else. It's at the heart of what we know to be true and believe. And it is why Jesus is the center of all things we are to be about and know. You don't earn it. We certainly don't deserve it, but this grace is given because of what He has accomplished, what He has finished at the cross. We know that the victory has been won so we can live in the freedom of knowing the end from the beginning, knowing that the game has been won, knowing that we have nothing to worry about or to fear. That is our hope. Just as was prophesied, in Deuteronomy 31, 6, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. You know, I don't have the same courage or strength when I'm alone. But when someone is walking with me, when someone is with me, I, I tend to have a lot of courage. Same concept. Deuteronomy 31.6 means he's not going to let us down and he's certainly not going to walk out on us. I'm suggesting to you that despite your feelings or circumstances, God is with us. And this is where we draw our courage and our strength. Every day. Not just in places like this on Easter Sunday, but in our Monday and so on. That is good news. God is with you. In all things, we will have challenges, but our peace comes by way of His presence and promises. And as we continue to walk in these promises and in His presence, He restores us. Just as 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Just like the resurrection all things new. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, 
so grateful for what you desire to do in our lives and what you're doing in this place as you are present and with us. But Lord Jesus, unless we know you and have experienced your resurrection within, we cannot know or understand what it is as you stand before us. And so we pray that today, if there is even one here who has never experienced what it is to know you personally and to have the presence of your Spirit in their life, Lord, I pray that they would pray the same scripture verse that was said earlier. That if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that he was raised from the dead, we're saved. We're saved from all unrighteousness because you give us your righteousness. We're saved from, from all of the tribulation, the trial, because we have eternal life in your name. Thanks be to God for the presence of the risen Christ. Amen.